I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hold up. Let's go. Let's go. Mm. Hey! White gorillas. Wakanda what? forever! Wakanda forever! I'm not going to do any of the clicking sounds. <laughs> you, sound that's... Like, you sound like Al Jolson. Wakanda forever! <laughs> Wakanda forever! Okay, we're ready off to a terrible start. We have to burn this podcast to yes. the ground. All right, yes. take two. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Wages of Cinema. We are the very, very white uh, podcast watching Black Panther. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. No, no. It's When it comes to Marvel movies, it don't matter if you're black or white. Ah, excuse me. <laughs> yes, um, and welcome back to the Ways of Cinema. That voice you hear is our long deposed uh, Wait, co-host. Deposed? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. I left of my own free will. We put a gun. Sure, in you did. Sure, you did. Corey See, defeated you at the Warrior Falls. You know. That. <laughs> it was no. a trial yeah, by combat. I, I no, do no. have to admit, Corey defeated me in single combat. That's how she got the podcasting gig. <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, Girl that, power. no, we we had to have Andrew back on because, and of course, guest star Matt is here as well because we just saw Black Panther. That we did. And uh, my first reaction is that this movie is damn awesome. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's really awesome. Rexcellent. Rexcellent? <laughs> Rexcellent. Oh, so you had to put the extra R on there. Yeah. Rexcellent. Um, Even though we were sitting far away from each other, Matt, I could see at times your reactions to the movie, and I really enjoyed them. So, not only did I really enjoy the movie, I enjoyed watching you watch the movie. Well, that's, part, well, that's part of the joy of going to the movies with Matt, is that he's... You know, he, he doesn't half-ass, like, his reactions to a movie. He will... That's... You're, you're pretty upfront with your emotions. Next time you guys need to sneak in a camera and bootleg not the film, but my reactions to the film. <laughs> we'll set up a tripod, no problem. Yeah, so I'll, I'll bring a little tape. I'll, I'll turn on the record button on my phone and, and get all of your high-pitched uh, laughter, and it, that will be so delightful. Um, but yeah, um, with this film, uh, this got a lot of hype. Going in, um, I'm not sure if you guys are uh, have been paying attention that much, maybe online a little bit, but it's this movie was I don't know like I, the, the way that it was getting buzz. Uh, even though they do this sometimes with various Marvel movies, this one in particular had this feeling around it, like, oh no no, this is the best one. Well, I'd I had heard uh, I'd heard that it was getting some really positive feedback really early on, but you know. I kind of expect that, you know, Marvel's riding this uh, this tremendous wave of quality, so the expectations for this are, I think that, and I think that the success of everything that's come before, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming came out, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was really awesome, Thor Ragnarok was really good, so I mean, a lot of that goodwill was going to carry over into this film. Yeah, they haven't had uh, a weak movie in a while, like, I think the last time that I really was down on a on a Marvel movie was, like, Thor 2? Yeah, the movie's amazing. Well, the last time for me was Doctor Strange. I wasn't sold uh, on that like you were. But well, was... I, I've actually calmed down a little bit. Like, among the films that have come out since uh, Winter Soldier, maybe Doctor Strange is probably least on there, but it's still a good movie. Um, I think with this one, the challenge going in was, you know, how do you present Wakanda? To an audience. That's what that film really concentrates on. Yeah, it does. And and I think it like really excels at that. Yeah, and for me, the reason why I was excited for this movie was the potential novelty factor. Because... How so? I've never read a Black Panther comic, and even though Black Panther's introduced in Civil War, I'm not familiar with the world of Black Panther. So I feel like... But can you say that, though, for an, a number of the Marvel characters, like most of them? No, not really. I mean, I had greater familiarity with every Marvel character before they made their 
debut, like headlining a movie. Hmm. Didn't we show you an episode of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes with Black Panther in it? No, we didn't. They didn't see that one. They didn't see any of the Black Panther ones. No. I might have uh, seen that's... one. Well, he wait. Black Panther was on Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he that's was. That's what I basically get all my knowledge of Black Panther from. Yeah, and even yeah. though I mean, we should mention that Black Panther has been around for you know over fifty years. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he's gone through a lot of in- various incarnations. I think even right now, like Tanahesi Coates of all people's writing the series. Also, I think Roxanne Gay wrote some. Oh, really? Yep. Comics. Huh. Mm-hmm. Did you read them? Matt? I did not read them, but I know that those are two people who are in fact writing Black Panther comics. So, so accurate. I I have read things they have both written, but not their Black Panther comics. Yeah. Wow. So, um. Yeah, so Roxanne Gay sounds like the best romance novel author name ever. Yeah. Yeah, but she doesn't really do that. She writes like usually columns like I read she does write <laughs> I'm trying to remember what columns I had like a brain phrase. We're kind of recording this. I late. did read her novel An Untamed State, but I think she writes more nonfiction than fiction. Yeah. Alright. So anyway, anyway we're we're getting off track here. Black but, Panther. Yeah, so He uh, is a man. With the powers of a panther and nothing else. Uh, No, but but what? seriously, Black Panther, you know, he's fresh off of Civil War. He was awesome in that. Now he's coming back to Wakanda, which is his home kingdom, which is this awesome technological super country but that nobody knows about. And he has to become king and do stuff. (laughs) That's a good uh, place to... I guess jump off from. I mean, if uh, now, I guess you could say this as a spoiler for Civil War, but I would think that if you're listening to this review and have interest in seeing the movie, you've seen Civil War, so we can just remind you that in that film, uh, T'Challa's father dies uh, in like a big explosion at the UN, uh, so he is the one that's given the throne. Um, but what you get in this movie is. Uh, without spoiling too much, I'd say like what what's really appealing and what makes this so entertaining is it's half James Bond movie and half Game of Thrones. I was thinking that too. The first half of this film is very much a James Bond film. Yeah, it's like a and it's a, like a black and it's black James Bond. I it's, was not going to say that, but, it, but <laughs> well, it doesn't really. I mean, it's just it's not that it goes out of its way to have to emphasize that. It just is. It's but it's just like you have King T'Challa, who's like super cool, nice, uh, awesome guy, and it's like, oh, here's the thing. I got new gadgets for you. You want to take a look at them in my lab? And then he goes off to Korea to do something awesome in a casino, and <laughs> so, and then there's a car chase, and you know you've basically hit half the James Bond playbook by the time you get. This is a better version of a James Bond film. I didn't. Think of that because because you don't like James Bond. I'm films. not a big James Bond fan. Although, in fairness, I've never watched an old James Bond movie, so I've only ever seen the Pierce novelty Brosnan was a little fresher. And well, Daniel, I Craig. mean, I'm not going to say like all of the first half of the film is a James Bond movie, but it has a lot of James Bondian trope I, stuff going. I on. didn't think of that probably because. If I'm really enjoying a movie, I'm not making comparisons to James Bond because I think James Bond is kind of lame. But Black Panther like is lame awesome. James Bond. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... I yeah, mean- I was thinking that I feel like because this movie gives us, like, a two-villain structure. Hmm. So when we're dealing with villain one whose goals are not as broad and encompassing as Villain 2, it feels more like a world-building film for Wakanda, and it's focused about teaching us about this world and showing us the relationships within this world. But but I think, though, what makes the film work so strongly, though, is that, yeah, there is that world-building um, but at the same time, it has a firm story, and it also gives us this family dynamic that is... That's why I mentioned Game of Thrones, without that'll be something for spoilers, but there's a lot of screwed-up stuff yeah, in I thought of Game this of Thrones uh, family going on. Uh, I did, did that come to mind, Matt, at all? Um, 
kind of actually I was thinking more along the lines of Thor when I was watching it just because it's another Marvel royalty mm. film with crazy power dynamics. Like, maybe I think because though they're not exactly gods though maybe I wasn't quite thinking of that. Um, Although they have such advanced set. technology that they're almost godlike in their powers. It has yeah. a similar setup to Thor where you like you enter this new world and unfortunately Thor didn't follow through too much too well on the world building aspect. It kind of more focused on shenanigans on Earth. Yes, that's and, something and that laughs at Thor's That's expense. something that Black Panther does much better because it's it's like it took almost I think until the third film till we I think you finally got a full sense of what the, the world of Thor really was like. Right. I mean, maybe they tried a little in the second one, but eh, whatever. Um, eh. No, but um, but in this, it's just, this is Wakanda. This is it. And it's almost, in a way, a little bit of the reverse, but not quite, because Martin Freeman, his character, he returns from Civil War. He was the... What's his name in that? His name is... Oh, well, well, Betsy Ross. No, his name is... <laughs> Everett, Everett Ross. Oh, no relation, though? No relation. Ah, it's just another Ross character. Okay. Yeah, it's a common name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> them dudes gotta stick together. Um, so, uh, no, but uh, but he... Something happens with him um, where he ends up uh, coming to Wakanda uh, through a, s- a series of events. And, you know... He it's, comes to Wakanda via a series of events. <laughs> well, I don't want to say too much yet about how it happened. But he's in there. Yeah, he comes there, and it's almost like the reverse, because in the first Thor, you had Thor coming to Earth. He's like, oh, what is this weird place? I'm on here. I'm going to have a beer and do th- Thor things and Earth. But here, it's, it's like, here's a character who, you know, pretty supporting role, but, you know, he, he's now suddenly exposed to Wakanda. It's just like, oh... Oh, this is Wakanda. How about that? He's like Steve Trevor. Yeah. No. But he's Steve Trevor without the romantic angle. But he's funnier than Steve Trevor. Yeah, I what uh, no. Another yes. thing No I Yes. We're not No. You're uh never mind. Another We're not gonna go into the Wonder Woman <laughs> argument this time. We another could. thing I think this movie did well was it balanced having a lot of gravitas with its moments of humor. So I thought it did a really good job showing you the kind of majesty of Wakanda and the characters are very, you know, have serious problems. And because they're royalty, there's a certain element of gravitas and self-importance. But... That doesn't mean that the movie's devoid of humor. So I thought it did a really good job. It doesn't mean that they're not relatable people. No, yeah. no, they they you they have human moments, and if it's not, there are there is a lot of serious, you know, regal things. Like I also maybe thought too of like in times in like Superman where they have like the on Krypton their own uh, uh, royalty type thing. Uh, but here again, it's done better. Um, but at the same time, they again they, they take a little bit of time to establish just a little bit of relationship, because like T'Challa, um, he had a relationship with. Uh, uh, God, I'm trying to remember. Nakia. Oh, yeah, and thank you, Nakia Lupia Nyong'o's character. Um, I think yeah, because they were used to be romantic, but now they're not at the start of this. That's what the movie said. Okay, good. All right, I was just I was just double checking because I was, yeah. They're exes when the movie starts, but they get along pretty well the entire movie. Yeah, they're, they're like, cool with each other. They're very amicable exes. It's like you wonder, like, why did they even break up? They well, seem to get along pretty well. She's like, a spy, so I was assuming that maybe she had to travel too much for her spying. Perhaps they're incompatible in bed. I know. <laughs> We can infer that, I guess. If I'm going to go with that one. No, I'm not. They're going to be damn fine in bed together. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Look, Chad it happens Bozeman. to the best of us, Matt. It's nobody's fault. <laughs> Look, she just was more politically minded than he. She wanted to change the world, and he wanted to do kingly local stuff. He wanted to beat up guys dressed as a cat. Yeah, exactly. You have a point there, Matt. I yeah. did find myself saying, though, I liked their relationship in this movie, but I did think at one point, please do not walk down the Iron Man Pepper Potts route where 
they all where every other film they just randomly break up because Gwyneth Paltrow won't appear in it. So I hope they don't walk down that road. Just yeah. if you're gonna be together, be together. If you're gonna be broken up, be broken up. But I don't want Iron Man pepper pots. No, like, I don't. I don't think I, I. I don't think I got a sense that that was gonna happen here because I think that T'Challa is a much more stable person than Tony Stark is. And like, also because Lupita Nyong'o is much cooler and she signed on to this movie without even having read the script because she was just so excited to be in a Black Panther movie. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, good for her. <laughs> right choice. Yes. The, um, the other thing, too, is that the, the romance in this was was under... was. Uh, it was very understated. Sk- skillfully underplayed. Well, they don't, well it's I, not really talk, part of the story. A lot of times in, in some Marvel movies, it se- the romance seems shoehorned in. Doctor yeah. Strange. Uh, but, yeah. you know... This one was like, it was there, but it wasn't a major part of the plot, so you could focus on other things that were much more important, like uh, uh, T'Challa's responsibilities as king, or yes. uh, the whole familial relationship he has, and, and how and how he's trying to navigate, you know, just, yeah. j- just being in a position of yeah. power. The other thing that I responded to also with this film, and I'll get to the cast in just a second, because there's a lot that you could talk about there. Um, the movie's directed by uh, Ryan Coogler, and uh, he, he's coming off of, like, a super hot streak, because uh, his first film was uh, Fruitvale Station, which was this, you know, very highly acclaimed, and rightfully so, uh, independent film about a real... Uh, tragic case that happened um i forget it was yes yeah it was a police brutality incident where a a, a guy was basically shot and killed yeah he was murdered on the subway by some horrible cops and then uh so you had that film and that really established okay this is a guy you have to pay attention to he follows up with creed which uh you know what a what a way to follow up uh and establish all right I'm I'm here now to kick Hollywood's ass. The most unnecessary sequel that ended up being good. Hmm. That's I don't know if it's hmm. Creed, the most... you get the Wages of Cinema Award for most unnecessary sequel that was good. Yeah, well, I'd have to think about that if there were other unnecessary sequels or they kind soft of in... reboots that ended I up being good. You have to admit they kind of invented a son for Apollo Creed so that Sylvester Stallone could act and be in. Yeah, they, they kind of did. They kind of did. Um, and then now he comes to this. I feel like what what's interesting is that he is able to bring in... Um, and he he does it a little bit in this film. Not as much, actually, in, in, as in Creed or Fruitvale. But kind of showing the, you know, what effect, you know, you know show, basically just showing how the underclass in America are treated and um, bringing that kind of feeling into the story and oddly enough each time i don't want to give spoilers yet for black panther but involves michael jordan michael b jordan michael b jordan yeah yes yes, he because he's the star he's the lead in fruitvale station he plays apollo creed's son in uh creed and he's here playing a character who ends up having a pretty big effect i mean you've seen him in the trailer killmonger Oh, that was his nickname, wasn't it? <laughs> this is not a spoiler. I'm just going to bring this up. What kind of name is that? Oh, here's, yeah, here's the thing. They bring up, like, he, middle of the film, they bring they start discussing his history, and it's like, yes, and they call him, and he has a nickname, Killmonger. And then later on, they, they keep referring to him as Killmonger, as if it's like, well, this is clearly a better name than whatever he started with, so we're going to go with that. Damn right. <laughs> All right, but it's... <laughs> It feels like a very strange thing. He's like, well, we he's an established character in the comics. We might as well call him by that name. Yeah. Am I right, Matt? You're right. Thank yeah. you. And uh, and I'd have to say, I think, though, he's one of my favorite things about the film. Um, and I wasn't quite sure going into it. He was actually the one thing I was uncertain about, was Jordan as an actor. Because in the trailer, it kind of seemed like his whole thing in that is... I'm going to tear this whole world down. You're like, wow, you're kind of overacting there a little bit, aren't you? Like, you know, are you trying to make up for, you know, Fantastic Four? When you you see him in that trailer, he doesn't seem to have a lot of nuance. 
In this, you, know, you find out he has an idea, and it's actually an interesting plan. Unlike oh, yeah. a lot of different villains, we've no. But what, what what makes is it's hard to talk about again. You without... can see where he's coming from. No, exactly. He's he's a character who has a motivation that may, it muddies the waters morally for T'Challa and like ever and a lot of other people in Wakanda. He makes um, some salient points. Yes. Yeah, I could totally understand why he felt the way he did, and in fact aspects of what he wants um is it like x-men you could say it no i wasn't gonna say that. oh really because i was i don't know thinking of like magneto no i i no i was gonna say and it goes if anything a step further than magneto in that t'challa even takes some things from the michael b jordan character call him killmonger (laughs) he takes some things from killmonger into his own like when he rules, right, right, he right. bites some ideas from Killmonger. Although technically, he could have also gotten that from Nakia. Yeah. She also has similar point of view. Yeah. But like, mm. it's more like moderate. Yeah. Um, oh, to, to, speaking of villains, though, for a second, um, Andy Circus. He's yeah. having such a blast in this movie, isn't uh, he? So good. He was <laughs> so good, and I. I loved how this movie handled its villains because I have two things I like in uh, villains in a movie like this. And I realize they're somewhat contradictory. I like villains that have um, kind of small scale aspirations where they're not trying to conquer the world or cause an apocalypse, but they're just trying to, let's say, make a bunch of money or kill a specific person that wronged them. So I like villains... Or petty revenge. Yeah, petty revenge. I like villains that have plausibly human and kind of modest aspirations and thus don't take themselves seriously and don't see themselves as, like, moral crusaders. Right. Which, that's Eugene Claw, and he's hilarious. Ulysses. Oh, uh, I said Eugene. Don't they give him a... Don't they pronounce his name weirdly, though? No. Ulysses or something? Ulysses Claw. No, but the, in the movie, they don't call... They don't say Ulysses. Well, he's from South Africa, so he's got the accent to it. Oh. And... But okay. I also like villains where you can see why the villain does not perceive himself as the villain of the story. Where you yeah. can say... That villain has some good points. His his philosophy, his ideology, I can see how a reasonable person could believe that. And obviously the villain takes it too far, but... Well, also what, what, what makes it kind of cool is that going in, you kind of think, all right, well, I guess Michael B. Jordan will be the villain. But yeah, Andy Serkis is definitely the villain. But Andy Serkis ends up taking he's sec- more second fiddle to... Uh, to to Killmonger, so, like he, he he's yeah he, it's it's kind of funny too that the two main white guys and I mentioned this before the movie started that yeah Andy Serkis and Martin Freeman two of the most prominent actors from the Tolkien movies. Well, yeah, <laughs> which I I don't know if maybe that's supposed to be like some kind of unintentional comment about the Tolkien books, racism, etc. I'm not going to get into that. No, I don't think so at all, Jack. (laughs) I'm sure some... Jack, come back to us. Pull it back in. Am I going off track? All right. The point is, Andy Serkis is having a lot of fun playing this guy whose whole motivation is, I just want my vibranium, and I want it, like, to... You know, I want it to be awesome. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And he's just laughing the whole time too. We haven't had like a villain, I think, in a Marvel movie that was just like laughing a lot in a while. Yeah, he's so jovial in his villain. Usually, you have Marvel villains, even the ones I like, they're very serious. Maybe Loki is a little bit. He's not really a villain. He's a villain. Not I don't know. He's a villain. He 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 keeps he makes people fight for his amusement. And he keeps slaves, and he runs a city. With he, you know what it powers. is, though. He's I, a I don't. <laughs> well, I, the thing is, I don't really consider him like a main villain in that story. He's just kind of like a fun secondary, like nuisance. You know, compared to like Kate Blanchett. 
But she was fun in that film, too. No, I guess... I meant that kind of fun where you have an actual villain that's laughing a lot. And it doesn't get annoying. Like, I feel like there have been James Bond villains that are like Andy Serkis here. That's maybe why I'm getting But none of them have their own mixtape. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really damn disappointed we didn't get to hear the Claw mixtape from SoundCloud. No, no. Biggest missed opportunity of the whole movie. Yes, and there is like a point, too, where he's going to be interrogated and he's just singing to himself. (laughs) 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 Which was just, that was one of the highlights of the movie. Um, Other actors here, I mean, you have just... What a cast. You know, we Chadwick Boseman is awesome as Black Panther. He he commands this role like Chris Evans does Captain America, mm. um, where he's full of authority, but he can also have human responses to other people. Right. Um, Pia Nyong'o, we mentioned. Uh, Forrest Whitaker pops up for a couple of scenes and gets to do more than he did in Rogue One. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's funny. I saw that character from a distance, and I'm like... There's no way that can't be Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> what do you think it was? No, but I, but I mean, like, I couldn't even see his face, but all of a sudden I see him and I think, you thought... Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> if this is not Forrest Whitaker, that's a missed opportunity. You, you hear, you're hearing your head, save the rebellion, save the dream. I, I also... I don't think about Rogue One ever. <laughs> <laughs> And I especially I don't think about and I especially it. don't think about a line that was only in the trailer and not in the movie. I think about you in our review of Rogue One quite often, Andrew. I love when you're to... in bed at night and you're just like, Andrew, <laughs> Rogue One wasn't that terrible, no. <laughs> I love the actress who played Black Panther's sister. Yes, and her. Patricia Wright. Yes, thank you. Who was in Black Panther? Who's in Black Mirror? Yes, and also Humans. Okay. I wouldn't know that. I fr- I, Wasn't Humans bad? No, Humans is good. I must be confusing with something humans else that everyone good. said was bad. I also have to point out um, the actor Winston Duke, who plays Mumbaku. Mabaku. Mabaku. Sorry. Um, he's the Jabari chief. Um, I guess what we should mention is that in Wakanda, pretty much everyone is in line except for the Jabari, who are, like, their own kind of, like... They live in the mountains. They're an isolated mountain tribe. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like, they, you know, because at the beginning of the movie, they talk about how, you know, like, in their, their like, like with Wonder Woman as an origin story here, you know, years ago, these, thousands of years ago, this alien technology fell to Africa. You know, there was this little bubble that was created. Then everyone got to get access to this vibranium and technology and so on. But for some reason, these, you know, these Jabari just never wanted to play the game or be part of the society. They're like uh, Catalonians. Mm. <laughs> you know what I thought of, too? Like, God, I hate to say this. I think it was because a scene just before the climax made me think of this. They're, like, a much, much, much better version of, like, the Gungans from The Phantom Menace. No. Anything is a better version <laughs> of The Phantom Menace. I'm not saying they're, they're exactly like that, but there is a scene where characters come and say, you know, they're going to come for you next. Except in this case, it's not a racist version of it. Uh, But anyway, though, I like that actor a lot, Winston Duke. Um, He's also called in the credits, I was looking, Man-Ape? Yeah, that's his name in the comics. He's Mabaku the Man-Ape. Oh, Man-Ape. Yeah. That almost sounds a little racist. That's why they didn't use it. (laughs) Let's just sidestep this problem entirely. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to do it. And then I gotta mention, too, uh, uh, Denai Guria. I'm mispronouncing that name. Denai Guri. Ah, damn it. How do I say that? Why are you asking me? Michonne from The Walking Dead. That's who that oh, is. Oh, okay. Because I was trying to see, like, I had the name written in front of me, and it's like, who does she names. play? She plays uh, Okoye, who is also part of the, uh, kind of like the royalty in Wakanda. And I was getting. No. Oh, not the royalty? No, she's the royal guard. Yeah. The Dora Oh, oh royal guard. Right, right. Yeah. And. I kept on at times getting her confused with Viola Davis, and if uh, I was trying to tell myself, no, that is not Viola Davis, Jack. Shut up. You know that's a different actress, and I'm glad it wasn't Viola Davis because she 
makes a, like a really strong impression in this movie, and I want to see her in like lots of movies now. Yes. After this, that would be good. Yes, because yeah, she's awesome. And also Angela Bassett. Yes, Angela Bassett Yay. pops up a bit. She plays uh, uh, Child's mom, and uh, she's pretty good. Uh, I don't know any actors I'm leaving out. I probably mentioned everyone. Oh, Daniel. Oh Hello. yeah, Daniel. Uh, yes, Daniel Kaluuya shows up in a character who has probably the most like you know intre- his his motivations in the movie are probably the little like the most murky but interesting I guess because it's like do I serve the Wakanda you know the country or do I serve like a person um, mm. I don't know if that was kind of like what they were going for with that um, yeah so again that's the cast. The action in this movie is pretty awesome, too. There's a car chase in this that you think that you've seen, like, so many car chases, and yet Marvel, every time out, will find something else that they can do to make it really, you know, different and, like, impactful. I found a few of the fight scenes to be, uh, they were a little too tight in terms of of close-ups and action, so that... Yeah, you know that there's that first fight at the beginning where there where Black Panther jumps down like it's in the trailer. Yeah, where he jumps down in that convoy and it's like well, it's a little dark. So, someone punches something and then there's a close up shot of somebody falling over and you're like, well, where are these people in relation to each other? And I was, and especially it's especially hard on a big screen where you only have you you can only see so much of the action at once. Uh, a lot of those like just people punching each other fights yeah. even even the early fight uh with uh between uh T'Challa and uh Mumbaku was yes. a little too tight hmm. they didn't quite get that they didn't nail that action down as solidly as they needed to i i think i would agree with you with the opening fight like when he attacks the uh the trucks i think mostly my problem with that was just because it's so dark it's set in night and even though they try to add a little bit of light here and there, it's just hard to see it in general. So also that it was cut quickly. I like the fight by the waterfall, though. I thought that like it, I, it's I, a it's a really it, it's a really nice scene, but the fight itself is not the best action scene hmm. I've ever seen. No, the the best action scene I think is the uh, well, it's it's that car chase through uh, um, Busan, and then. Parts of the climax are really, really terrific. Yes. I just think the way that they bring in some of like this James Bond type technology into it, it, it they kind of outdo James Bond. That's where I might agree with you, Corey, that in the sense that the way that they bring in the tech in this, it's like they said, all right, we, we've seen all the James Bond things. Let's take it now another step further. Like, I think that if they do another James Bond, they're, you know, they, they're probably going to watch this and be like, how do we follow this up? I mean, that's part of the, the, this whole film. You have to set up Wakanda as this place where, even though it's this country that everybody believes is impoverished and has no resources, it's actually a super technologically advanced state. So well, because it's cloaked. Right. Well, but not just that. I mean, Wakanda has this advanced technology. So mm-hmm. how do you showcase that without just showing their futuristic cities and... They're yeah. cool interior decorated houses. Yeah. You show what they can do with the with the technology out in the real world when when Black Panther is fighting, right. and that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. So it, it it plays a lot into what the film is trying to say about Wakanda. Yeah, and also just one last thing too, and this sounds like um, a typical thing to say, but as far as just kind of representation too. Uh, I think for like young people, if you're if you're if you have kids or or something like that, um, you know definitely take them to see this because, you know he, here's a movie with, you know a predominantly black cast and it's not, you know a movie about civil rights struggle or about slavery or about some or issue. Any of that dumb stuff. Yes, <laughs> take your. Forget all those. Take your hidden 12 years fences and... Hidden figures, (laughs) Selma, forget it. Black Panther's where it's at. (laughs) Or Fruitvale Station. No, wait. Uh, Take your kids to see Fruitvale Station. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, 
but no, it, it, the representation matters, and here's a movie that doesn't have that. It's just showing great African characters in African setting. Sorry, Matt. I didn't say anything. You said my name. Matt, what do you think? I think I like this movie. It was cool, and it hit a lot of good things, and... It presented a lot of unique things really well, and it, so it was accessible, and it had a lot of action, and great acting. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, Corey? I like this movie a lot. It is visually impressive. I loved both the villains. The acting is great. The actors have great chemistry with each other. They banter really well. They play off each other very well. I liked it a lot. I always think the final action set pieces in these movies run a little too long. I feel that way about pretty much every single one of them. Because I just can't handle long action scenes. They tax my attention span. Yeah. But this movie is awesome. I would say it's definitely in the top tier of the Marvel Universe. Which is impressive because most Marvel movies are really good. So. Yeah. I would say one thing in the climax... Uh, there is a moment where, I'm not going to say it's exactly a twist, but something happens at one point, which I think if you didn't see it coming, you just haven't seen, like, movies before. Like, there's a yeah. part where characters end up coming into the battle, and it's just, come on, really? It's unexpected. Oh, sure, it's unexpected. It's unexpected. Sure. Uh, so that was a little bit of a disappointment in that. But there are rhinos. Yes. Yeah. So that was. <laughs> I I wanted to actually look over at you, Matt, when that happened, because I wondered if you were like perking up during that. Yeah, I like the rhinos. Yes. Um. Any final thoughts, Andrew? Before we get into spoilers. I've gotten down on Marvel because of the Marvel formula. Hmm. This kind of escapes it, uh, or it makes, or at least makes the this film is different enough so that it doesn't feel like a lot of the other films. Maybe it feels a little bit like the first Thor. Well, where you're trying to yeah. set up this world, but it doesn't. But this one does that a lot better than Thor did. So at least if Marvel's not doing something wholly original, they're at least doing what they did before, but they're doing it better. Yeah. Well, it also I think again going back to why it's important to note the, about Kugler directing this, it feels a little bit more connected with the real world than some of the other Marvel films. I mean, obviously Winter Soldier and Civil War, those tried to be very like politically and even you know some of the marvel movies may be socially aware but this one you know like the opening of the film takes place in oakland california and it's a very pivotal part of the plot but it also relates to just growing up in america too and that it's a very subtle point but it ends up adding some extra weight to you know, what is otherwise a, a, fan, a, a story about a fantastical country in Africa mm. and its king. Um, so I really appreciated that. Like, it, it added, like, another dimension that it, we don't a, get. We, that we don't, you know, as much as I like Doctor Strange, that doesn't feel like it's in the real world. That's just a story of, like, a goofy doctor that gets, like, mystical art powers. Well. I don't know. It's, I have nothing <laughs> against that. You know, it's just, well. But so, well, it's, it's nice if you can things. have it's nice if you can have like a little social commentary and it doesn't feel forced is what I mean. All right. All right. So uh, also the dialogue is a little creaky at times, but otherwise it's okay. Mm, it's creaky, but I can I can look past it. Sure, I could do that because it's a, it's certainly it kind of stylized for this type of movie. It was also a very pretty movie. Lots of nice bright colors. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. very pretty. It, it follows... Marvel is... The past three movies have been very good at, at showcasing that Mar that you can have... Well, I say three movies. I'm forgetting about Spider-Man, but we'll, we'll forget that. Thor, no, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in this movie. Very pretty to look at. Very, You know, they use the entire crayon box. Um, they may movies. not be using the whole crayon box on... One movie, but they're using the whole crayon box for all the movies. Yes. <laughs> that, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's go on to spoilers. Yes. So if you want to uh, listen to spoilers, uh, make sure to... Uh, if you don't want to listen to spoilers, just say pause here. You're staying in your house, serving justice to a man who stole your vibranium and murdered your people. Justice your king couldn't deliver. 
I don't care that you brought Claw. Only reason I don't kill you where you stand is because I know who you are. Uh, Wakanda, Wakanda, Wakanda. All right, let's go into spoilers. <laughs> say if you uh, say Wakanda three times in the mirror. Yes. Wakanda will appear. <laughs> With a hook? Or Sometimes. Claws. Sometimes, yeah. Um, the, those panther arm cannons that uh, shoot <laughs> waves. Yeah. Um, so those seemed those seemed a little goofy in the trailer when I saw when I saw someone like holding those. It's like these cat shaped like these cat heads that you know you hold on your arms. It seemed almost like a children's toy. <laughs> it is a children's toy now. Oh, I wouldn't well, doubt it. Of course, it. yeah. Of uh, course. But you know, it ended up being just like, oh, it's just another weapon in this land. Why really would you make your weapons awesome. toyetic? Like, if you could make weapons, that no, it's like, why you, would you, you not make do it that? Like cool it's, it's you can yeah. do that. I'm just saying that you it's know, branding, you have to be able to put it in the movie in a way that doesn't make it look stupid. I think that maybe what you're trying to say, Andrew, is that you didn't want it to get like two Ninja Turtles-y or something, where, you know, you have, like, the it's turtle van. It's a very van. Ninja turtles thing. <laughs> I didn't really notice that they had cat heads, though. They just looked like armor. Well, that's uh, the difference between you and me, Jack. I guess so. I, I assume, Matt, you'll disagree with that, that you want now those cat I, d- I do want cat gauntlets, yes. <laughs> people, so, in, people in Sparta... They match your sweater. Want, what? It matched your sweater. Yes, it would match my sweater. The, so, Matt, the Wakandas wor- worship an ancient Egyptian cat god? Yes. Goddess? Yes, they worship the goddess yeah. Bast. Okay. Which is really weird because the uh, Jabari people apparently worship Hanuman. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's that? He's the Indian monkey god. Well, that's another reason why the Jabari are isolated from the other... Ah. But it's strange that, like, I, I why, can see... But if they're that... isolated, how do they hear about Hanuman? Yeah. Like, well, I can... You... I understand Bast, at least it's the same continent, but Hanuman... Here's a question that just why occurred to me. Why would they go at least? Here's a question oh. that, occur- that just occurred to me. So, near the, begin- near the beginning of this movie, you know, T'Challa's going through the ceremony where he's going to be, you know, officially crowned the king... Uh, you know, surrounded by all of his people. There's that great shot where you see all the people up on that cliff who are uh, chanting and doing these things. And everybody, you know, they go through the what you assume is like this typical process of, you know, who's going to challenge T'Challa, the king? You know, everybody's like, no, no, no. And then Mabaku comes up and is like, I'm going to challenge him. And it's kind of like that guy who's like, I have something to say before we finish the meeting. And it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's mostly but, supposed to be like a ceremonial thing. But what, well, yeah. Tatala is supposed to be like, okay, who wants to challenge me? Let's get it over with. Yeah. And everyone's another, supposed to say no. Well, another character, even says, another character even says that. She's like, why don't we just get this over with? Right. But like, did what was Mabaku, did Mabaku really, he didn't want to be like king of Wakanda. Yeah, did he? yeah. he did. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah, no, yeah. but I don't know. It, he seemed pretty happy with where he was. Yeah, well, but... uh, he lives in the snowy mountains. I think he 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 wants uh, a little more than that. Mm. I God, I, I liked his character so much. He he was like one of the ones that actually brought humor, and it was like a different kind of humor than you saw in something like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it could be very like sarcastic. Right. I guess he was sarcastic too, but it was. No, a kind of classy sarcasm. He was, he, he was pretty playful. Yeah, he was playful. He was like in, that. In, in he was that ways. brutal playfulness. Yeah. Um. So, where am I going with this? So, in the spoiler corner. Um. So yeah, what happens in the movie? Michael B. Jordan reveals he's uh, a cousin of T'Challa, and you know he his whole plan. He's been he 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 was kind of left behind because of some shady shit that went down between. Uh, T'Challa's father and, uh, and father. Kill, Killmonger's fa- father, <laughs> little little Killmonger, um, who, played by, the way, by Sterling K. Brown. Yes, yeah, Sterling K. Brown has like two scenes in this movie, and he completely owns them. He's amazing. I love him so much. We should just take a moment to focus on how amazing Sterling K. Brown is. Yeah, um, yeah, he he's quite good. Um, and I, I had a feeling that he'd be coming back after, you know, he's in, like, the opening mm-hmm. scene of the movie. Um, I was thinking that, too. I was thinking, you don't cast an actor of his caliber to be in one scene. Yeah, but they, but that's why they have pretty decent set and payoff, because they, they establish that they have these special 
uh, things in Wakanda where they give like somebody some potion, they bury them under this red uh, sand. That's that's and... only for the king, though. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only for the king, right? But uh, but because we see it for him, it pays off later when. Michael B. Jordan becomes the king because he beats the ever-loving crap out of T'Challa. Uh, he gives them the T'Challenge. <laughs> and he throws off a waterfall. Come on, I, I couldn't... He throws him off a waterfall. That means he's definitely dead. <laughs> Especially if you've never watched The 100 or Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> I actually understood half that reference. Um, but uh, when... when uh, Kill, Killmonger has his vision. Killmuffin. Killmuffin. <laughs> Kill, Killmuffin. He he has his vision with Sterling Kane Brown. That was a really good scene, I found, when he comes mm. back. And that's what made the movie feel, again, a little more complex as far as that villain, uh, where you know he has it in his head. Um, maybe Magneto was a little bit too much of a, a hard, you know, simple comparison there. You know, he has this whole thing of, you know, the world has been treating black people like crap. You know, that, that's kind of his underlying thing. He doesn't basically use those words, but, you know, we the rest of the, the world has taken black people as slaves. They've, you know, kept them completely underclassed. They've made them, you know, really feel like they have no power. You know, why don't we take some of that back by using this super awesome alien technology that we have? And yet, in it's the not alien, alien technology. You know? No, maybe it's not stuff alien. Come up with themselves. No, it's something they came up with themselves. But it has like a, it has a special it element. It uses to it. the magical material known as vibranium, Thank which you. apparently can do anything. Vibranium, yeah, that's something. Int- we can get into that in a second. Like the, it's the vibranium super powers. armor and it's a power supply. It also heals people's spines. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which... Uh, I, it, the, the accomplishment of this movie is getting us to forget about how dumb the idea of vibranium really is. Yeah. I, and I'm not usually not the one to point this out because, you know, vibra- that's, the, that's the point of vibranium. It's supposed to be this vaguely defined material which can has a wide range of uses. So it can cover fill in the plot. But, you know, they... Like, almost mm. every scene in this film has something to do with vibranium. But, but yeah, Corey... So there might have been that there was so much vibranium that we were just like, okay, we don't care how it works, just move on. So yeah, Killmonger is such a good villain because there's the personal challenge that he is to T'Challa. How the fate of Killmonger and Killmonger's father challenges T'Challa's feelings about his father. Yeah. So you have the personal challenge, but then you also have the philosophical and moral challenge where Killmonger basically says, how could you, the people of Wakanda, isolate yourselves while all around the rest of the world other people suffer? So he's appealing... (laughs) He's basically asking the people of Wakanda... Why don't you have any sense of solidarity? There's a bit of political science in this movie, isn't there? Yeah, there's a little political science. You could probably teach Black Panther in one of your classes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, you could talk, you know, nations are very, some some nations are more isolationist than others. Yeah, so Wakanda is an isolationist nation, and... He challenges that isolationism. But, and then, the even though, don't get me wrong, Killmonger is definitely a villain. It's in his movie, name. Well, the movie <laughs> ends with Wakanda abandoning its stance of isolationism. So, a, I feel like a strong villain challenges the hero on a personal level and also challenges him on... A philosophical and yeah. moral level. Which is kind of like a nice continuation, too, from Civil War as well. Yeah. Um, or like a much better executed version of Inhumans, which you should not watch. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, does Inhumans like, kind of have a little bit of this story, too? Eh, vaguely. That was the show that was bad. So wait, is there a show called Humans and a show called Inhumans? Yes, there are two That's different confusing. shows. No, one has two extra letters. <laughs> but Inhumans is the bad one. Inhumans is the bad one that's made by Marvel that was on ABC. Yeah, Humans, that's what I was thinking of. Humans is the good one on AMC, which is a remake of a Swedish show about robots. 
Uh, yeah, I kind of get the sense Inhumans might be the one red-headed stepchild of the Marvel Universe. Like, that and Iron Fist, but Inhumans even more so. Because, like, I feel like they've kind of tried to bury Inhumans. I don't even know when that shit's on. It's it's done for the season, and hopefully all seasons. Good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the point is, though... We'll just, um, we'll just let ourselves out. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, the point is, as Corey said, you, you really get a good sense of where this villain's coming from. Yeah, and I, I should have made... I didn't really think of it in that way, Corey, that he does challenge the T'Challa to change. Like, I... I didn't really connect those two until you mentioned it. That, like, I thought T'Challa just decided to kind of change it by the end because of just a lot of other factors. <laughs> well, as Matt mentioned, um, Killmonger was not the only person. No, he wasn't. That this. that's maybe he was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, or the there were back. other forces within Wakanda who wanted to engage with the broader world. But I do think, as terrible as Killmonger was, he he changes T'Challa. The interaction between them changes him. Changes how he views himself as a person, just as like T'Challa the human being, mm -hmm. T'Challa the son, and, it's, and, and how it changes T'Challa the king. Yeah, and that's just a sign of really strong writing. You know, it's, a, you know, it's like, and again, it's what marks this a bit different from other Marvel movies where you know, as much as I like Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, you have, uh, you know, stupidly pace. Like, what does he challenge? Right. <laughs> you know, actually, in he a way... He just has a hammer. Yeah, exactly. If anything... And it, we already got a character it, in this universe yeah, with a hammer. Maybe another character close to that is, like, in Guardians 2, where, like, Ego kind of ends up... Hopefully we'll see some change of the characters, but maybe it's very small. Um... What are some other things I want to say about... I don't know, I think we kind of said the big spoiler of the movie that basically Michael B. Jordan takes over, like, two-thirds of the way in. Now, um, the way he does that, though, is um, has ties into one of my biggest complaints about the movie. Okay. Is that he gets into Wakanda by killing Ulysses Claw and bringing his body back to show that he is more competent than T'Challa. And the problem I have with that is that they kill any circus who is a fantastic villain. Yeah. And also, he's one of Black Panther's, like, number one villains in the comics. And not once in the movie does he actually transform into a being of pure sound. And you got Andy Serkis who does mocap all the time. And you think, hey, we got this guy so that when he transforms into an energy being, we got an actor who's already great at this stuff. Whoa. And he's going to be a really neat antagonist who's not just, like, a player two mm. version of the protagonist. He's, ah. like, an actual different, unique threat. So, Matt, would you say that this is actually... When people were criticizing Iron Man 3 for uh, fucking up um, Mandarin, and that was kind of, like, maybe some people felt one way, some not the other, is this a more... Is this a criticism that really takes hold more for this character? Um, I mean, in a way, I don't know. Like, it depends what they do for future movies, because even though Black Panther has been around for 50 years, he's not really a character that has really built up a strong rogues gallery. Right. So, I for this movie, you kind of actually burn through three of the top um, Black Panther villains, the other one being Mabaku, who's kind of a hero in this. So, in the sequel, and you know, they're planning Black Panther sequels, obviously, when this makes all the money, because it's yes. great. So, but then I'm wondering, well, what do you do for a sequel? Because you killed, like, two out of, like, the three really good Black Panther yeah. films. I heard that, I'd heard the name uh, of another one kicked around as well. Uh, I, I don't know, well, to me, I... You talking about like him having like a giant scream power though? Oh, no, no, he's he's a being that's made of sound because like you know. But how... the movie doesn't really establish. No, that. no, but they, because it doesn't happen in the movies. He's a, he's a guy who turns who gets turned into a sonic being, and I'm saying sonic. Being. Yeah, because because uh, sound manipulation is one of the properties of vibranium. And oh. Okay. But anyhow, so then. But what I'm saying is that, you know, a criticism of a lot of the Marvel movies is that the villain is just, like, you know, a different colored version of the hero. Like, mm. they're, they're too close counterpart-wise. They don't... They're just, like, mm. fighting the evil version of yourself, whereas, you know, like, you have the Killmonger versus Black Panther. They're two Black Panthers smashing together. Whereas, you got Black Panther versus Claw, it would be a completely different, um, um, matchup. By, by the end of the film, 
Doctor Claw becomes kind of a plot device. <laughs> Doctor Claw. That's what he's called. I'll get you next time. All right, but he, but he's eventually reduced to this sort of plot device where yeah, it, where it's like. Okay, he served his purpose. Now Michael B. Jordan kills him so he can get back into Wakanda, and he becomes basically just an object by then. Maybe, and the, then, maybe and by, and by the... doing that, you've lost, you've sacrificed the acting capabilities and character work of Andy Circus for the entirety of the Marvel universe. Mm. Because you know, think about Andy Circus even in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Which was not a great movie, but he was, still pretty he was good. The, yes. Yeah, yeah, he oh, sold the show for a little while. Wait, yeah, he, wait, he was in that. Yeah. Oh my god, I completely. That's did why he, play he the had, same guy. Yes. That's that, why he has a wow. fake arm. Do you remember him in that, Corey? No. Wow. These guys. Are no, weird. but I haven't seen the movie in like three years. Yeah. I should rewatch that now. Yeah. So I've been waiting for him to turn into like a sonic being since that movie. Like, Ooh, that's going to be really cool. So, Black so now, I mean, what Matt's trying to say, correct me if I'm wrong, is that not only do we like, not only do we lose Andy Serkis, but we also lose the potential that Dr. Claw had as a future villain for the that, pa- Black that, Panther that, franchise. That, that's, a fair, that's a fair criticism. Mm-hmm. I do think that Frankly, the, the one the only thing I would counter with that is a lot of people watching this movie, um, they'll enjoy watching Andy Serkis in this, but they won't have that. They won't know about that character that he has those powers. No. You don't have to know about that. I mean, well, they might not care. Why? Whatever I didn't would happen care at in the all future. When I was watching the movie. Like I loved Claw. I thought he was really entertaining, but when he was killed, I did not spend a second of movie time. Thinking to myself, oh, it's sad that he's not a character anymore. I don't know how you would work him into the rest of the story, the way they lay it out, the way that it's but, really but, a Killmonger's plan. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, that's the sacrifice you have to make for this film. I mean, it's a good, it's a good story. Ultimately, they they sew that up tight, and it works well within mm. the, within the story. But you know, now you know we had this I, I we had this mean, great then. character and this great performance. We had to sacrifice that to get to this good villain of Michael B. Jordan, who was yeah. fantastic, but now he's gone too. Yeah. And then the guy who was Mumbaku the Man-Ape, he's more or less on Black Panther's side, so who do we have left? Matt apparently says Not no many one. people. No, there's one more, you said. No, I mean, those are like the top three Black oh. Panther villains. Like, I mean, there, there are more of them, but those are like the ones that people oh. actually care about. Right. Right. And, you know, it's it, this unfortunately continues the, the Marvel trend of ditching villains within the same movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, ultimately, you can live with the sacrifice, but, you know, where do you go from here? Maybe, you know? God forbid, they'll have to be creative and create a new villain just for the movie. Corey. God damn it! Corey, mm-hmm. uh, are, you're, you're talking nonsense. I mean, it's not like they have, like, 70 years worth of comics that they could get villains from. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Face Pop Pete. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Why not? Even to yeah. you get a character from like before 1961. How about you get like one of the early the Marvel Torch. characters, or the Submariner, Submariner. or something? I think the Submariner. I want. I want a Submariner movie. I, mean, I, I heard say, about the Submariner. Who has the Submariner rights? Well, not the. Don't sub- know. <laughs> <laughs> I dare Marvel to just go ahead and do it. Who's gonna come up to them and say sorry? Universal might have them. I don't know. Huh. But oh, Universal well, then, is scrambling because well, the Disney, money didn't work out. Well, now Disney will just need to buy Universal, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Pull out the wallet, guys. All right. Also, Dr. Claw is Inspector Gadget. He's just well, that's what I said Claw-less. earlier. I'm going to call him Dr. Claw. Yeah. Okay, you'll be wrong. All right. So, <laughs> anyway. First um, <laughs> all right. I'm trying to think. I think I've... I'm trying to think of other things I want to say. That that was a good point though, Matt. I I didn't consider that, and I, it will be Andy Circus will be missed. Um, but uh, maybe who knows? Maybe they'll do some things in uh, Infinity War that will up the stakes even more for. Uh, Technically, for it's possible. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of wondering. Yeah, now, it's kind like, of funny I, now that I think about it. You know, we saw a whole bunch of trailers before this movie even began. One of them was for Avengers Infinity War, in which Black Panther is clearly shown as a character. 
So how could we have any tension about how whether he or not he was going to survive this film? Well, oh, he's he he ghost. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know here's that would have been awesome, especially if he <laughs> shook his hands like that and said, <laughs> "I am a ghost." Exactly, because how I, people know if you're supposed to attack on? Ooh, I'm I the am, ghost of T'Challa. I am T'Challa Ooh. ghost. You must get this man the shield. No, here's my problem with that trailer. It's not so much I. You know, look, I, I understand. I think that obviously Black Panther will get out of whatever problems are going to happen. But the trailer also shows the like the entire Wakanda, like all of the people of Wakanda ch- going after Thanos's troops. That to me is the bigger part of the spoiler. It's that okay. So by the end of Black Panther, not only will Black Panther be okay, which I expect. But, but also everyone else around him will be okay. Yeah, that to me is a little bit of uh, like, okay, so I, there's no tension around if he's going to hold his nation together. That would have been something interesting if by the end of the movie, you know, he's a king again, but his people are still not totally on his side. Maybe you still have like a faction that's more for Killmonger versus another one. I mean, this, is, this is a very meta thing to really think about. When you're I know, about no, movies. it is, but... The, the, but, the, I mean, we li- but this is the reality we live in now. We're, we're, not, we're not living in a world where we don't know what movie is coming next and we have to wait, like, two or three years to find out what happens. We're basically living more in, like, you know, like how it is in, in the actual comic book world where you have, like, these events happen... But you kind of have a feeling, okay, characters will come out okay. Even if they die, they'll come out okay, usually. Uh, and oh, another thing is that this movie takes place a week after Civil War. Is it at, supposed to be just a week? It is said, like, that's what they said at the news flash at the beginning of the thing. It's like a week ago, T'Challa, yeah. like the, T'Chaka was assassinated. Anyhow, this, and then. <laughs> T'Chaka. But that, uh, no, we don't actually see any of the Avengers except for Bucky. And an end credit scene, but like yeah. they're supposed to like be hanging out in Wakanda. So I mean, I I don't mind them not being there because I want it to be oh. like a full Black Panther movie, not yeah. Black Panther plus the Avengers friends. But at the same time, you think, okay, I have Avengers friends now. I can call them in to help me with my stuff. Yeah, there you was a, a, a oh. there was a post credit scene in uh, Civil War that showed that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. maybe they. I don't know. Maybe they thought that people going to see this have already forgotten about Civil War too. <laughs> Like, I forgot about Age of Ultron, which I definitely will rewatch because I, I like that movie. Only that scene. <laughs> All right. Any, uh, uh, let's, I don't know if I want to wrap this up. Any, what are some final thoughts we want to say about, uh, about this movie that we might have not said? That it was really weird that they made such a big deal about armored rhinos, but we don't see any panthers or albino gorillas, even though those are the two venerated animals of Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wait. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. Yeah, they they make they even show like the monkey's face is like carved into a mountain, and yeah, they do nothing with that. Maybe they thought that would just come off as racist to have like actual. Uh, apes hopefully, in Infinity and... War, once we have there's like that big Wakanda fight scene, we'll see more rhinos. I think they already showed large, elephants in that in the trailer and uh, other animals as part of that fight. Yeah. But we now, won't, but I hope that we will. <laughs> and what are they going to do about the, the heart-shaped herb being all burnt? What, what are the next generation of panther kings? There, Someone will find, like, a spare supply okay. somewhere. Okay, that's good. Yeah. See? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that, that was meant to be, like, a way of upping the stakes, though, in the future. Maybe. All right, Corey? I think you've probably said it all. Pretty much. I've said everything I need to say. All right. So Wrap it up, Claude. Yeah. The main point of this is you should all go see Black Panther because it's amazing. Even if you haven't followed all of the Marvel movies up till now, I mean, well, obviously that would be a good idea for you to see at least a few of them before jumping right into Black Panther. Like, eh, you don't need to, really. Yeah. But I feel like... If you this, saw Civil War, you could yeah. see this and be like, okay. Yeah. But I think there might even be there might be some people might just want to jump right to this without watching some of the other ones because they're just like oh man Black Panther that looks awesome and no you should watch a couple of the movies before this one I don't think you have to I think this is self contained it would be fun to watch Civil War you you might have fun watching Civil War before this though it it gives you a little bit of an emotional context for. Uh, how important T'Challa's father is. Even then, it's not strictly yeah, necessary. They had the flashbacks in the movie 
to like the T'Chaka death scene there. So. T'Chaka, Land of the Lost? No, T'Chaka, King T'Chaka T- is T'Challa's father. Oh, oh, but I thought you were referring to him as T'Chaka as T'Challa a minute ago. No, 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 I meant King T'Chaka the father. T'Chaka. Yes. I think... I, I, that, that's, T'Chaka's the name of the character from Land of the Lost, well, doesn't it? doesn't have a T in an apostasy. <laughs> That makes all the I difference. I don't know what you're talking about, old man. You ever seen Land of the Lost? Not the original or the 90s remake? The 90s remake was awesome. Yeah. Crazy, man. I don't uh, know why I said it was awesome. <laughs> I remember watching it. I do, too. I remember the theme song, yeah. uh, which I won't include in this podcast. But, again, if you've seen the movie and you have any thoughts, please send us an email to wagesofcinema at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at the Wages of Cinema Podcast. So, Give us a message. Let us know if we're getting anything wrong or getting anything right, or if you just like us, because we like getting feedback from from you nice people. Um, When we come back, we will have more wages and more cinema to talk about. Um, I'm really glad that you were on tonight, Andrew. Uh, Thanks. You were missed, and we're glad that you're back. Um, And you'll be back some other time, just maybe not next time. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and Matt, thank you once again for coming here. Oh, and tell people where you can be found. I can be found on my blog at mattthecatania.wordpress.com, which will be linked in the doobly-doo. Yes, and he's also on Facebook and Twitter, and you should follow him there, because uh, especially on Twitter, you have some really wonderful tweets that you put out uh, almost daily. Thank you. All right. Um. So, with that said, I'm Jack. I'm Corey. I'm Andrew. I'm Matt. Wages of Cinema is... <laughs> I can see you. I can see you. I can see you. Death. I was doing uh, hugs. I'm a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night. Show me my respect and bow down. We own ya. We own ya. We only get started now. Cause we own ya. Everybody think they know me now. Cause we own ya. You and I'm my homie. Yeah.